Chicago. What do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs post-game show podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. Cubs lose 8-7 to seven in 10 innings and 3 out of 4 to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Del Mendo, Ryan Herrera. As we wrap up the Pittsburgh series, another ugly one for the Cubs. 3 out of 4 to Pittsburgh. And, you know... I don't even know where to start on this one. I mean, the 10th inning was big. The comeback was big. Uh, VR, something to talk about. I mean, let, let's just start with the 10th inning real quick. Uh, I thought Patrick Wisdom was safe at home. I mean, I, I don't know if it really matters in the grand scheme of things, but like, I thought he was safe at the plate. I, I don't know how that call was upheld because it looked like to me he was clearly safe. Yeah, I agree with you, Luke. I, I don't really – I don't really understand the rule for, uh, you know, blocking the plate. Yeah. Uh, that's such a weird rule in a way. Uh, I've seen it go against the Cubs and go for the Cubs. Uh, I didn't. That's not really what bothers me of how that went down. It's more of, I thought Wisdom got his foot in too. Um, weirdly enough, though, I'm just not really like I'm. I'm mad, but like I'm not even mad because the 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 guys in New York don't know how to do their jobs. Like I'm not even mad about that. I'm more mad about other stuff. Like it is what it is. The this game shouldn't have gone to extra innings. Both teams stink. The Pirates blew it. The Cubs gave away runs that they shouldn't have. It it's just this game is stupid. It was stupid. <laughs> that's the best way I can put <laughs> yeah. it for you. <laughs> Cubs two and six in extra innings now. Uh, so that's great. And uh, 18 no, make me feel under better. 500, is that right? 18 oh. under 500? I'm going to eat 18 not ice even, cream cones. Not even July yet. I, I, I finished <laughs> off the cake pops. That's what I had to do. I, once they tied it with the home run, I finished the final cake pop that I had in the house. And uh, that was my misery eat. <laughs> well, at least was, Rachel's um, here. Yeah, 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 Rachel. Um, yeah, no. I thought, I thought he was safe, right? wisdom I, I thought he got his foot under there but then I, I don't I guess I don't understand like because the blocking rules have changed over time too and so I I mean it looked like I mean it was the one thing is like I wish we got more of an explanation on on what they saw maybe yeah. there's like a maybe maybe there's like a, a time to do like a pull report with an umpire um just to see what like was really the I guess it's also not even the umpire's call at that point. It's in New York, so the umpire probably doesn't have the best like probably isn't the best person to ask about the thought process. I don't know. It, it, he looked safe to me. Um, then I think right there at the end, it looked like Wilson extremely blocked the plate. Um, <laughs> I think I think Hayes looked fine after that a little shaken up on the slide. But um, yeah, I mean the rules confuse me all the time. <laughs> we don't always get a good explanation right. on what. And what exactly is again i just like i've i've gotten mad about the guys in new york who don't know how to do their jobs and the umpires but like this is just one of those where it shouldn't even came down to this it really shouldn't i mean i'm just more mad about the cubs once again blowing a lead once again reeling me back in after i conceded you know i was ready i was counting down the minutes see if we were going to get this get this started at at, at a stucky time for time frame and no chance no chance and you know that's how sad it is at this point for me guys like that's just how sad it is that i don't like i'm not even bothered by it i'm more bothered by just all the dumb baseball plays i mean jonathan vr man i i couldn't even wait five minutes jonathan vr sucks at defense can't do it just to put it bluntly he sucks at defense he really sucks at defense and I hate, like, trashing on players in a certain way like that just to bluntly say they're bad at something because they're major league ball players, and I'm just a dude sitting at my 900-foot square apartment talking into a mic about, about hit that person. But, like, how, like, how much do we have to see this guy play defense anymore? I, Luke said it the other night, man. Like, it's, a, it's so bad that they should just DH him if they're going to play him. Like, I can't – I. When David Bodie comes back, I don't like. I I don't see how VR has any value. I can joke about it all I want every time he gets a hit or something, but like, there, there's, this guy just has no value. I don't think anyone wants him. Like, 
Just br- bring Bodie back and just just drop him. DFM, whatever. That, that's how I feel about it. Like, two plays today. And, I'm, and I'm, the reason I'm more mad about it is because it just made Justin Steele's line look worse than what it was. He had another great out, outing today. And if you look at the box score, it, says, it shows that he didn't. Now, that fifth inning, yeah, he got in some trouble there, and that was mainly on him. But the first four innings, he was pretty good. And it's just like... Who knows how that game goes if you just get the defense? You know what I mean? And it's just those good teams that we got to watch in the past with the Cubs. Maybe it's just me, but maybe I took for granted how good defensively they were. Like, you didn't have to worry about your guys up the middle. You always knew Javi. And then, you know, before Addison Russell, Russell turned into a scumbag, like, you always knew you got some solid defense out of him. And and, and Rizzo and even Bryant was solid at a solid third baseman. Like – like it's just like the incompetency from from some of the the play today. It's just like frustrating. It's so frustrating because it's the Pirates. It's the Pirates. Like if we're if we're playing like the Braves or something, and you get this, fine, whatever. It's just an, it's more it's embarrassing, but whatever. You're losing to a good team, but you you lose three or four of the Pirates, and you just honestly they made the Pirates look better than what they are this entire series. They really did. And to lose three or four to this team, I don't care, 18 games under 500 or not, is just embarrassing. It's it's a disgrace. It's stupid. I, 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 and and to, to give the defense that they did today for an up-and-coming young pitcher like they have and make him throw extra pitches, he could have gone four deep errors. in the game. Yeah, four errors. You know what I mean? Like, he, he probably could have gone seven today if he didn't have to throw extra pitches because of the airs. Like, it, it just, it just it makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. Three of the first four runs the Pirates scored were VR's fault because of misplays. And I said it last night in game three of the series. You know, he had an air there, and Keegan Thompson pitched his way out of it. But it's, Again, at this point, I don't blame Jonathan VR. This is on the franchise. This is either on Ross or Hoyer, whoever's deciding that he has to be in the lineup. Stop telling me it's because of injuries because you could literally bring anybody up. The man has the yips. He can't field the ball. He's had them all season, right? He's had them basically since that cold game against the Rays, and it's gone downhill from there. It's, these aren't difficult ground balls that he's – like diving and it's going off his glove. They're routine ground balls that he can't pick up. It's in his head. I feel bad for the guy. They keep putting him out in the field and the fan base is furious at him. And I understand that he's a major league player, but he's not trying to do this. And the fact that they're putting him out there, stop it. There's there's no trade value. If you get a guy for, for VR, I will fall over and pass out if you get a, if you get a trade value for an actual VR human, ball. not like a bucket of balls or a new washing yeah. machine. We're talking fact, about an actual baseball yeah. player. If there's if there's the tiniest little trade value out there for Jonathan VR right now, if there's anything left, the worst thing you can do for that is continue to put him in the field, because yeah. every time he boots the ball, any team that would be dumb enough to be like, "Yep, that's the guy we need for the the, the playoff run." It's going to look at that and just be like, it's, well, no, I'm not taking him. It's Emily, not even just the. Emily says that. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Emily Bar- Bartikowski, I think that's how you say it. Um, she said, if why why are they not playing Morrell at second? Hayward, if they insist on playing him in center and Velasquez yeah. in right, get VR yeah. off the damn field. I mean, if that's. If I, I, I have to choose the lesser of if, the evils, yes. I, I, I wonder if, to, if, know, it, if okay they like Morrell in center and want to keep him out in center. And that's maybe why they have, but he has the ability to play second base. He's played it already this year. Um, so yeah, I mean, like VR, you know, another error. Just, just he ha- he's just not been a good defender this year. There's no, you can't just you can't spin that anyway. You can't. Cody can't spin zone this one. Like he hasn't no, been good. There's no this spin year. zone, bro. He hasn't been good this year on defense, <laughs> and like the bat hasn't always been there. It has been there every once in a while, but it's not consistent either. Um, so it's not balancing anything out really. But if they want him in the lineup, then he, they got to find a way to not put him on the field because it's not it, the errors are. He hasn't had. He came in today still at negative eight outs above average this season. Like that's it's just still not good. Um, and I mean, I, I I don't know how that is measured, how that's added up, but obviously it's that's a lot because 
you're on they're only they're only 60 what 60 plus almost 70 games into the season and that that's a that's a high number i just i wonder if, if that even comes down to like they want they like chris morell in center and they want to keep him there as long as possible uh, but then like then play simmons yeah, <laughs> he's better Play defensively. Yeah, it's not like VR's hitting, you know, like 450 no. or something. Like, stop with it. Like, stop telling us it's injuries and you know there's a there's a lineup crunch. This team is no. 18 games under 500. You have guys you can move off the roster, and VR is one of them. Unfortunately, like again, I feel bad for the guy. He's had a pretty good major league career. He's been a good major league baseball player for a while. He's struggling this year, and it's not fair to him. It's not fair to the fans. It's not certainly not fair to the young pitchers you keep marching out there uh, and their confidence when they're trying to build their major league career. And you have a guy out there that clearly, when the ball's hit to him, he's panicking. Like, Mm -hmm. these are routine plays. Again, there's absolutely no reason to put him in the field right now. It's crazy. Yeah, and that doesn't even take into – I mean, that's just errors. And how many does he have on the year? I – didn't keep track. I don't have enough fingers. <laughs> uh, Too many to count, bro. Eight or nine, something like that. But that also doesn't take into account just the misplays that yeah. end up being counted in his hits. Like the one, the pop-up that should have been his that he called everyone else. I don't remember what game it was, but yeah. was it was it Monday? I think it was Monday. And the he double plays he doesn't out. turn? Yeah, just, there's a lot of different things that – and maybe those like advanced defensive metrics can keep better track of it. I don't know how they work again. But just – Hey, I have him out there is just like a liability because if the ball gets hit to him, then you're the, the confidence level that he makes a play has sunk so low that I, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to be surprised if he makes a routine play. They're routine plays for a reason, but it's just like you hold your breath as soon as the ball gets like a ground ball to him over at second base because, like, I guess today, just another another error that ended up costing, I think, Steele ended up um, giving up two runs that inning after that. Like, it's, it's yeah. a lot. It's so, it's well, it's uh you know the two the two the two plays were the the booted ball that Luke said and then the very first one I don't even I I think we were still doing the CHGO podcast when it happened so but I had it I had it on my TV right here to the side and I that saw was a double play ball I think it was a double play ball and I guess he just like you know was unable to get the ball out of his glove or something yeah. and then it yeah. led to Key Brian Hayes hitting a two run shot and it's just like. If you get that double play there, you probably don't give up any runs, and it's just you might, you might still give up the home run, but I see what you're saying. Ex- yeah, I, <laughs> I see what you're but saying. But still, it's less it, it's less damage, and like Tell that's you. what happens in the in the major leagues when you like give outs yeah. away like that, and like that's what just it just angers me so much. And I don't think this is gonna like affect Justin Steele's confidence or anything. Guys, have, you know he's he's been he, pitching very well. It's like you look at the box scores. You go back and look at the box scores if you're him or something uh, at the end of the year, and you look at some of these, and he's probably like, "How did this happen? Or how did this happen?" And yeah. I don't know. I just feel like it's it's mentally, in a way, it, it, it will I, it would bother me if I was the pitcher. I'm just saying, like, and and VR is kind of it's hard to say it like this, but he's becoming like just a a villain now within the Cubs fan base. And it's, it's like similar with the Hayward stuff. It's exactly except he doesn't, except he doesn't have a championship ring with the team yeah. or anything like that. He's, he's been here for two and a half months. And honestly, the last time that he showed really any real value was when the Cubs were in Colorado in April. And he had just an incredible series offensively there that like since they left Colorado, the guy hasn't been able to hit consistently. The guy can't play any defenses, no matter where you put him. It's not just a second. It's at shortstop, too. We've seen it there. We've seen him have airs over at third base, too. Mm-hmm. You can't put him anywhere on the infield right now. You absolutely can't. And I just, like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why or how. And it's and I, I, I'm with Luke. Like, it's frustrating. He's had a very solid major league career. I will admit, when the Cubs signed him, I was like, "Oh, that's not a bad signing." Like, I don't, I didn't think he was gonna come in and and like yeah. take over the infield for the next ten years. But I thought, okay, it's a nice little bridge spot until they figure out who's gonna play there in the future, I guess. But I thought he was at least gonna be, you know, a, a you know, not a negative WAR player <laughs> at least. You know, I thought he was gonna be a productive player that they could potentially move at the deadline. He can't even do that, man. It's been that bad, and that it's just so frustrating. I'm I'm done. And uh, Michael said in a in a 
chat or in the chat earlier he said pretty bad if Bodie is a savior well it's like at least defensively he, he at least from what we've seen from David Bodie over the course of his career is he's at least a better defensive player and that like I, that's all I care about if if you're if you're gonna play guys like this offense is what it is but if you're gonna play guys at least don't give outs away and like that's been the biggest problem with this team is they just they give outs away they don't do the little things like one inning, I mean, Nico Horner had a great day today. He went three for five. But one, he almost hit a homer in that in that hit. He should have ended up on third base the way that ball bounced of Swinsky's glove or whatever after he hit it. Ends up on second because he didn't hustle out of the box. It's just like the little things like that. If you're, if you're a bad team and you're not going to do it with the little things, you're going to lose ball games. And it just is what it is. That's I'm, I'm done now. Yeah, Stephen on the chat uh, took the words right out of my mouth, and it was a question. I was ready to ask, which which bothers you more now? Which guy's worse? Is it Hayward or is it VR? And again, this is not personal towards either guy. Both are struggling this season. I think the answer's super clear to me. VR is more offensive on the field right now than Hayward. Hayward plays good defense. He does something well. Uh, he, he brings the leadership part of it, and that doesn't mean that VR does not, but like VR in the field is so bad and it's hitting, like we know Hayward doesn't hit, but defensively he's not bad, uh, you know, and, and at least he was a part of the team in the past. Again, I have no idea what, why they're playing VR in the field over and over. The, if, if it's just like you want somebody to do something good, Simmons is better defensively, put him in there. Just, just play Simmons, forget the matchups because you're not, you're not increasing his trade value. So I'm, um, as, as Forrest Gump says, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. But every yeah. game, every game I say I can't do it anymore, and then he's in the lineup, and by the second inning, we've got an error or a misplay, and you're just like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at just even the stats. I mean, you, you, Hayward clearly plays better defense than VR. I mean, he's lost a step, I think, but he's also the instincts that he has that made him a gold glove outfielder, like, Helping with that, he's he's definitely not a Gold Glove caliber diff outfielder anymore, but he still does that, you know, at least to a serviceable level. Whereas obviously VR has not been. Um, but even if you want to try to balance it, I say, oh, maybe VR might be a better hitter than Jason Hayward. No, you go you go look at. Uh, I'm gonna see how updated these are real quick. But if you go like even at their WRC plus stats, which you know everyone that's like that's like the be all end all stats right now. I'm trying to trying to pull these up, but. Um, Last I checked, Hayward was only like I think Hayward was at a 65 and VR was at a 67. I think that was heading into today. So it's just, it's not good. Let me see if, if they've updated. Okay, yeah. So VR is at 64, 66. Jason Hayward's at 64 and WRC plus. So they're very pretty much even offensively. So um, yeah, it's the, the, just even saying that VR could be a better offensive or a better bat, it, it doesn't really even hold weight at this point because they're pretty even on, offensively that, so far this season. And yeah. uh, as far as, you know, positives, I mean, I, I would again say that, you know, sure, there's the comeback, but I, I still think, like Cody was saying, like Justin Steele deserved better in this game. This, this could have been his fourth really good start in a row. You know, first of all, he went deep into the game, like pitch count wise. He went, what did he end up pitches. with? Ninety something. Yeah, hundred. And and 100. the good, yeah. the, the impressive part about that is that like, whereas he may have run out of gas in previous starts, I just kind of like took a look at the, um, you know, velocities on him. Like that fastball, his four seamer, his sinker, we're still sitting around the ninety-two ish range, which is like about his average on the season. Um, so that I mean, those are still pretty close i mean he it didn't look like he was like losing gas you know this whole season right. so or uh, losing gas like he has before this season um so that's obviously a good sign too is if he can keep that you know keep that velocity up through he almost got through six innings today that's regardless of like he gave up a couple home runs and missed some pitches obviously um not not on the, the level as like his two seven inning um one and runner less starts but uh he had he definitely had is impressive in that he's you can see the development and he's keeping that the stamina's up he's keeping the velocity up there maybe it's mechanical fixes that are helping him too i don't know that for sure but um you can see you can kind of see where he's starting to figure different things out in each start whether it's going deeper into a game whether it's being able to keep the velocity up as the pitch count rises whether it's limiting hard content he's starting to 
put all those things together in different games. And now you, you definitely want to see him put more of those things together every outing, uh, one, outing one outing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, so says she's, Rachel says she's going to change her screen name to Justin Steele deserves better. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Does. and it's not even the first start he's had this year where like the defense didn't help him out like it it this is just like this def the defensive problems the cubs have had all season it's it, it it's just frustrating when you're trying to develop young pitching like you want these guys to be confident going it like going into the second half of the year or at the end of the year whatever like going into the next season you you want these guys to develop and you're just not helping them out with with what we saw on the defensive side of the baseball today, man. It's just just so frustrating. And you know, you know, you want me to spend you want me to spend some positivity on you. I guess the bullpen was pretty good today. Scott Efros deserved better today, even though the hit he gave up in that tenth inning. I mean, it was a blooper. No one was gonna catch that. I don't even think Rizzo would have caught that ball that Rivas almost had. Yeah. Um that is what it is. Uh today's the day the you know cubs lost because of the the runner on second base rule so i hate the rule today uh we'll see we'll see if i like it or or don't like it the next time it happens uh but you know again i'm not even mad about the result of how the game ended it's just it's just really about how the game played out because the pirates should have never had well, they ended up with eight, but they shouldn't have even got to the six runs before Steele came out, in my opinion. It should, they, I think he would have given up. If, without those errors, I, I think it would have been like three or four runs. And that, at least that's more manageable. At least the, you know, it would have been four to two instead of six to two going into the mid to late innings. You know what I mean? It's just you're thinking, you're, you're thinking positively as a fan and probably as a ball player too, if you're you know only down a few runs going into the middle of the late innings compared to four runs and you know what I mean? Jose Quintana, you know, Jose, he just, he's going to shove against us the rest of his career. It's just, it's <laughs> stupid. I hate it. I'm not an analytics guy like Cody, but when you make four errors in a game, I don't think your winning percentage is very high. That's all I. Right. That's all I know. And it's, it's. Uh, it was an embarrassing game, uh, from a major league perspective. That you can commit four errors, and and frankly, it could have been five. So, uh, to me, that was the whole story of the game. Cody, how did your uh, did your bets fare better than your baseball team? Uh, well, I bet on the Cubs today, like I said, on my pick of the week last night. And uh, so I lost that one, but I did win a parlay today. Dodgers minus one and a half, Marlins money line, and Braves money line. Uh, was it odds at like plus four, 15 or something like that? Uh, $125. Thank you very much. Uh, gambling's easy and fun when you win. I uh, don't know how else to really say. <laughs> anyway, I made those bets or made that bet uh, over on points bets, my favorite app. It's the, it's my favorite app I love to open every morning when I wake up and get out of bed, or even when I just lay in bed because I don't want to get out of it because I love looking at the lines. Uh, it's also the best way to support CHGO. If you download the points bet app and use code CHGO, when you sign up, you can do that right now. You get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. Your home for live and play betting just got even better. See an edge in the game you were watching. Is your favorite team prime for a comeback? If anyone bet the Cubs money line live today, I'm so sorry. That's a brutal, brutal, brutal beat. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. I need to tell kids about uh, Owen. Only what you need. It's a 100% 
plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition and works as hard as you do. All their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen friendly, no gluten, no dairy, easily digestible. And you know, I heard about it that Justin Fields was doing this plant-based diet. I didn't think I could ever start doing something like that. This is step number one. He, he starts off a little Owen and Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase and that's at liveowen or liveowen.com, L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com. The code CHGO20, join me, Justin Fields, Try Owen, only what you need. They've got a bunch of different flavors. You can get a ship to your house. There's strawberry banana, there's chocolate, there's vanilla. I believe there's a salted caramel. Uh, that sounds Ooh. pretty good. It's there's, step number one in my road to recovery. The, the <laughs> cups have forced me into binge eating. And, and it, now I, I can only count on my athletic greens and my Owen to try and rebuild the gut health, get some proper protein in there, plant-based protein, and uh, see if I can go from there. This, the sweets, they're stopping today. They're stopping today. Oh, this, really? is the this is the one that does it. 18 games under, All right. that's it. I'm On cutting June it off. I, I stopped the sweets and I ate like a ton of ramen noodles. So I'm just piling on the carbs instead. <laughs> You're carb but, loading, but you could, but I was, you could I play was, that into yeah. running the marathon. You yeah, know that, that like, marathon that Moriano's doing. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know that, you know that, uh, that screen grab of Michael Scott, like he was about to do that a marathon or some sort of race, but he like eats this big thing of pasta like right <laughs> before him. Yeah, I yeah, tweeted wow. that out because like it was right after VR had like his second air. I was like, God, this guy's gonna he's forcing me to eat. I'm just like I'm so mad and I'm so <laughs> sad because of the Chicago Cubs. And here I am just making ramen noodles because the Cubs. <laughs> the Cubs. Yeah, you're talking uh, about Michael Scott's Dunder Mifflin Scranton Meredith Palmer Memorial Celebrity Rabies Awareness Pro Am. Yes. Yes. Race for the cure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so good. That's what I'm talking about. That's what you're talking about. Uh, Blue, before uh, we move what, on, I got a couple yeah. quick updates um, from out of Pittsburgh. Um, well, so the which I guess the one we saw right there at the end of the game with uh, Brian Hayes. Um, I, I guess I didn't pay close enough attention as I was trying to, you know, hop onto our stream. Um, the Pirates.com uh, reporter, Justice De Los Santos, says Cabrian Hayes is currently being evaluated. He appeared to ram his left shoulder into Contreras on the slide home. Um, and then a little update, Shelton didn't believe, Derek Shelton, the, the manager, didn't believe there was anything dirty on Contreras' part. I don't think so either, but um, may, I guess I just maybe didn't pay attention. So he's being evaluated. Um, and just as someone that really likes baseball, like you don't want to see a young a young player that that's that good kind of go down on on just something freaks or something accidental like that. Um, I know Cody's still mad about the Nico Horner umpire thing, um, oh. but you you definitely mm. don't want don't want to see sure. that. Um, and the other update uh, got this from Maddie Lee. Um, David Ross said bullpen coach Chris Young felt lightheaded in the bullpen. They got him checked out at the hospital, and he's going to be all right. That was the delay uh, during the first inning. Ross commended the umpires, Pirates, for their patience and help. So, yeah, Chris Young, bullpen coach. Um, sounds like everything's going to be good, but that, like, we were kind of talking about once we yeah. got off the CHGO show earlier what the delay was. I guess that's kind of the update um, mm -hmm. okay. as far as, as far as what happened there. Well, that's, that's good to know. Um, we should probably take care of who you got since we forgot it the other day. Uh, I think I won it the other day. This was a pretty close one. Like we each had a decent, you know, a decent game. Really, nobody picked VR. You know, so <laughs> we were good there. Uh, I had Wisdom, who was two for five, with an RBI, but an error in the field. Velasquez one for two with a run scored and a walk, so he was also on base twice. It was uh, a double too. It was with a an double. insane slide, Javi Baez esque. Good slide. And then Nico was three for five, two RBIs, two runs, and an error. He also had an error in the he field, a rare error. throwing error. Rare. I, I'd probably give it – I, I think it's probably Nico with the two RBIs, two runs. Yeah, yeah. it's two RBIs, what, tied the game, right? Yeah. I think, it, I think it's I think probably it brought it down Nico. one. And they brought it down one, and then it was – Rivas had the two runs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. it could have – I mean, if somebody had Rivas, that it might have been Rivas, but – 
our three guys, you could either give it a, a point to everybody or, or you go Ryan with Horner. Is that fair? Horner. I give it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or not. All right, fine. I won the one on Tuesday too, right? The one we just conveniently. I, I don't about. remember. I don't. I don't remember Pretty that sure. one. It was. Uh, it wasn't it just like Hap versus Morel on like doubles, and I think Hap had like a walk or something like that. What's the, what's the updated score, Cody? Uh, what do we got? Ten. I think it's ten to eight to six. Uh, that, that sounds include, right. Ten eight. Is that six. including today? Yeah, that includes. Uh, yeah, that includes today. I, who won last night? I know we talked about it, but I think we talked about it off air. I think Luke ended up winning. I believe I won, we... yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and he had five, so now he has six. Okay, cool. Is, is that the one you didn't put anyone in, or was that on Yeah, that, yeah I forgot like, to Cody send could have won, but he – Yeah, because I probably would have – He flexed and decided he wasn't going to take somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm too good for there you guys, goes. at least last night. On a random yeah. Wednesday, I was too good there for you go. Dave. Dave says Nico wins today, so – Okay. Hey, can you guys support. can you guys see this? I've been trying to figure this out the entire chat. I was like, first I thought Ryan Shirt was the chest protector of the Pirates catcher. Mm-hmm. Can you? He's Tony oh, the yeah. Tiger. <laughs> he's Tony the yeah. Tiger from Frosted Flakes. Put the platoon part baby. down and tell me that's not Tony the Tiger. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I got it. There, there. Yeah. yeah, right there. It looks like it. Yeah, I, I mean, it looked hundred right there. If I just do just the head, that's right. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my goodness! They're great. M I Z M I Z. Where's Jedi of Chicago? He's a he's a tiger with me too. I don't know where he is. Katie thought um, the same thing on the chat. I uh, so just to talk a little bit more about the game, I guess. Um, what did you guys think about? Velazquez today. Um, I thought he was I thought, good. Yeah, I yeah, thought he. I thought he showed. Uh, you know, shot showed some some progress. I love the slide going into second base on yeah. the double. I was. I won't lie. I was a little irked that Rossi uh, pinch hit Ortega in the eighth inning for him after they you know got the two runs. Ortega walks, so whatever. But. Um, I don't know. I just would have liked to see him see what he could have done in a big spot there, you know, and he has the power. He could have hit one out. Um, and I also just didn't want to see him come out of the game. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I don't want to sit here and complain about why they only play him against lefties. Yesterday he did get in a bat against a right-handed pitcher or, or, or it might have been today too. I, I don't know, but it's it's he, he's not starting against righties at least, and I just don't really understand why. But hopefully, hopefully this is a start to, I don't know, maybe they'll start playing him more just because he had a good day. Here's I mean, what I, I think. think he had good um, bad. Oh, go ahead, Luke. I was just going to say, like, when the trade deadline is gone, or when Hayward is DFA'd, whichever one comes first. And I, I think one of them is going to happen. At least the trade deadline's coming. Um, I think your outfield is Happ and left, Morell in center, Suzuki in right, and Velasquez is your fourth outfielder. You know, he's the guy that gets some playing time. Now, if – and that's assuming Hayward's gone. If it's not that and Happ is also traded, then it's Frazier for me in left. It's Morell in center. And it's Suzuki and right with Velasquez kind of moving in with Frazier, maybe in left field and kind of substituting there or, or some sort of order. You can work it around. I think Ortega's probably gone. You could also DH like, him. Yeah, you could also DH him. But I just yeah. want to see him. I want to see him get fairly regular playing time the rest of the season. Why not? Yeah. I want to see Frazier get some playing time. I'm sorry. I want to see uh, Jackson Frazier get some yeah, playing time. <laughs> And I want to yeah. see Velasquez get some playing time. Yeah. I think that's like literally if there's anything that the Cubs fan base agrees with right now, it's that. It's just to see those two guys play. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm I, with you. I think it'll probably be more so after the trade deadline. It's just just wasting valuable time, valuable right. at-bats. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, that – like, I don't care if he – you know, we, we see him play for – a month in June and he's average. Like it, it, it's, it's all about getting the guy experience. So he, you can go into next season with him with some 
some sort of idea of what you're going to get, you know? Like, the guy's shown that he has major power at the minor league level. I don't really know a lot about how he measures defensively, but if you have a corner outfielder with power, like, that, there's value there. There's, there's That's someone. That's a guy. I, but it's just like we don't we, – we're really not going to know how good of a baseball player he can be until after trade deadline. And just it should just we just shouldn't have to wait that long. It's it's literally pointless whenever you're 18 games under 500. Yeah, and I, I go back to like Frazier. Like that would take a little bit more maneuvering with the 40 man and stuff because like mm-hmm. after the DFA, he's not on the 40 man, whatever. So that may take a little longer. But if Velasquez is up for any extended period of time, it's like it's worth giving him a look and. You know, Morel, Morel did the same thing, and Morel earned his way into the starting lineup by just being really, really good for the first couple of weeks of the season, or of his, uh, since he, when he was called up. If Velasquez can get that shot, he, there's, no, there's no one saying that he can't do the same thing. You know, there's, no, there's nothing that says, just from his track record, that he can't come up and produce really well, given consistent starts or consistent playing time every day while he's up. So while he's up, I, I, don't, I don't know if, like you said, Luke, it could be he should be a fourth outfielder when Suzuki comes back. But I don't. I mean, just kind of seeing the way that the whole season has played out, I don't think he. I think he probably gets optioned back to AAA, um, where he's you know been very good this year already. Um, that's the reason why he's been called up multiple times now. Um, but while he's here, I, I, th- I think he there there needs to be more than just. And I mean, we said it with Frazier the last time. And I don't think things are going to change much unless he really does something that. Put, gets him into the starting lineup for you know a while. I, I I just think we we could we could say that we want to see Velasquez starting every day and getting as much playing time as possible. I just don't know that that's going to happen, and that's that's what's disappointing about it. Just because we've seen that with the Clint Frazier stuff, and maybe it's a different story with him. I I, I don't get I just get the feeling that Velasquez again it's not a, it's not technically a cup of coffee because it's not he wasn't only up for a day and he's not only going to be up for a day. But it's also like he didn't get come up with just consistent run to start every day and like, hey, sink or swim, right? You're not throwing him in the deep end and seeing how he fares. It's kind of like, it's it's not it's not it's not a consistent. It's not it is a chance per se, but it's not a chance. You know, it's not he's not coming up and getting thrown in there and seeing how he does. I, I just think you know with Brendan Davis clearly not coming to the big leagues this season after back surgery you have to somehow make the most of that opportunity for somebody you know, like Brendan Davis would have taken that spot in the outfield and, and been getting serious playing time. That void is there now and there's nothing you can do about it. He his back. He had surgery. He's recovering. He's not magically going to appear in your outfield. Your, your number one prospect this season. So take another outfield prospect and give them that opportunity. You know, like, See, give someone that playing time and see if they can, like you said, turn it into another Christopher Morell. But Morell is so unique because you can play him all over the place and you don't have to have him just in center field. But I just, whether it's Velasquez or Frazier or both, I want to see them play a lot the rest of the season because that playing time probably was going to Brent Davis. It's not anymore. It's open. And if, if Hap is traded, and Hayward is DFA'd, there's plenty of opportunities out there. So try and find a silver lining in what was a really bad injury for your number one prospect overall. And, you know, it kind of leads me into our next topic, which is another top prospect, young player in the Cubs organization, suffering another injury and another surgery. You know, I mean, it's been a brutal, like, 365 days for Cubs prospects, if you don't count Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele as prospects anymore. Uh, Ethan Roberts now, you know, he came up, showed some promise early in the season, but now he just had Tommy John surgery. You had Cody Hoyer, who was supposed to potentially be even your closer this season, have Tommy John surgery in Mark. The Brennan Davis back surgery, the Ed Howard hip surgery, those are two number one picks. Miguel Amaya, Tommy John surgery back in November. And Braylon Marquez, who was once your number one prospect, had COVID into shoulder impingement, and he hasn't really pitched since like 2019. And I still haven't heard when the heck he's coming back. So uh, he pitched in 2020, but 
Yeah, yeah a little a little bit. But in, in reality, yeah. he hasn't been pitching a lot since 2019, right? Yeah, yes. I mean, it's exactly. like that list is a list of some of your very top prospects, especially before you made any of those trades. Like, Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, regarding Ethan Roberts, it's just a – it was brutal to, to hear about today. One, because – he seems like a really good dude. I remember the stories in spring training when he got the call or got promoted, whatever yeah. you call it. And he was, he was, it was just a nice story considering all the, the negative stories we've heard about the Cubs since the trade deadline of last year. And the fact that he was, uh, yet again, another homegrown Cubs pitcher taken in the 2018 draft. Now going to be out probably, I would assume, until 2024. And... I just like it's in a way it's not the biggest deal because I'm not worried about the Cubs when it comes to finding bullpen talent. Like, yeah, they might have to go. I'm not going to say go and spend a ton of money on their bullpen, but they need to go find a few more Rowan Wick types or whatever. I mean, remember how they got Rowan Wick, Wick out of nowhere? I mean, even the Andrew Schaefer and Ryan Tapera, like they're I don't want to even say marquee names, but they, they're bigger names now because they came through the Cubs, came to the Cubs and, and, and earned themselves big contracts. But they're going to have to go find some other guys uh, to kind of take take space of those guys going into next year um, because we still won't see Cody Hoyer until, you know, at the earliest June or July next year, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we really don't know. Uh, and it's just – it's just – it's a brutal hits, man. Like, it – and it goes back to what we've talked about with how everything just went so perfect for them in the first rebuild. It, it, it did when it came to just guys developing, not getting hurt, stuff like that. Like the biggest injury the Cubs suffered during the 15, 16 years was Kyle Schwarber tearing his ACL. I mean, and, and, and then it, they had enough depth that it really didn't matter, at least in the regular season, to make the playoffs and you know how it all ended. But like – during the rise of it, you didn't even see this many injuries. Like, nothing like this. So, I hope, for the franchise's sake, that the front office recognizes, like, hey, like, we can't just, like, rely on some of these guys to, like, fill a hole. Like, we got to – you got to, like, fill that hole with something. You know what I mean? Like, and again, as far as Cody Hoyer and Ethan Roberts, not it's not that it's not the biggest deal, but it's – it's something that it won't be the biggest priority for them to fix right out of the, going in the off season because they do have guys in, in Iowa that are, you know, have shown some promise. Brian Hudson uh, is one name that's down there right now. Ben Leeper, we talked about with other prospect guys. Um, just, just, that's just two. And like I said, we've, they've done very well developing the bullpen through the system and just, you know, through free agent signings that, are worth like the the veteran minimum it's not really costing them any money so that's again it's not the biggest deal in the world it's just like these other ones are like brennan davis and and, and ed howard like just slowing that development it's it's brutal so i just hope the front office sees that they can't just rely on these prospects to come up and just and you know put the cubs in the position to win and then spin like they 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 need to they need to fill these holes this offseason in a big way and like at least have some sort of plan just in case there's more injuries to come, you know? Does it, does it teeter your opinion in a direction one way or another? You know, I brought this up again when, when Brendan Davis had the back surgery. I mean, that again, the list is Ethan Roberts, Cody Hoyer, Brendan Davis, Ed Howard, Miguel Amaya, Braylon Marquez, and all of those guys are highly, that's six highly thought of prospects with the trade deadline coming, if you're Jed Hoyer, if you're playing Jed Hoyer, does it impact your thought process at all when you see that many of your young prospects? Is it just one more reminder that you can never have enough? It, you know, it, will this, would this impact your decision at all if you were teetering with the idea of an Ian Happ trade or a Kyle Hendricks trade or whoever, whoever that fringe trade that's right on the, or, or Stroman, whoever that, whoever the guy is that you're thinking, you know what, I'm not going to go that far 
because I don't want to, I don't want to tear it all the way down to the studs again. We've said it a hundred times. Like you yeah. got to keep some of these guys, but this is also a reminder that prospects are prospects and guys get injured and you yeah. cannot have enough depth in your organization. Does this influence that at all? Well, I also, I mean, I, I think it's a very kind of funny balance of that. Cause like what you're saying is like, yeah, you kind of want to, you want to have as many good prospects as you can because, uh, because things are going to happen. Injuries are going to happen. Guys just won't work out. But then on the flip side, it's like, when you have a staff guys who were prospects at one point come up in the major leagues, but you also see like, you can't just rely on prospects completely. You can't just rely on prospects and hoping they come up and, and be something special. Cause you, when you have guys, again, we, I mean, there's only 26 guys on a major league roster and there's hundreds in the minor leagues, maybe, maybe like a hundred, I don't know exactly how many players are, are in the Cubs system, but you see that not every prospect in there is going to come up and be an impact major league player. So at, at on, so on the one side, it's like yeah, you want to have as many good prospects prospects as you want to limit the the chance that they just don't hit because then you have you know you have more coming or more that could hit right. And on the one on the other hand, it's like if you have good major league players, don't you want to keep some of them and, and not just yeah. completely rely on prospects and hope that prospects can come up and be special? Like you have, I mean, Wilson Contreras is going to get you really good prospects. He's a 30-year-old all-star catcher who now the DH is in base is in both leagues. That's probably going to extend his career a little more. That bat's going to play a few more years just because he doesn't have to catch every day anymore. And so it's like that. It's Ian Happ who's having a career year. And yeah, I mean, you can also say like, hey, he hasn't ever proven it over 162 throughout his career. But at the same time, it's like this is really the first time he's gotten to play one consistent position every day, consistent at bats, all that stuff. So maybe this is Ian Happ who has, you know, more, more structured routine, more structured um, playing time, more structured positioning and what he needs to work on pregame and between games, stuff like that. So those two guys are good. Contreras mostly is obviously a very good proven all-star caliber catcher, all-star caliber player. Ian Happ is showing that he can do it and do it with the best of them. He's I mean, top five in, and outfielders in a lot of different categories. Um, it's just sometimes you get to the point where it's like you traded a lot of good players for prospects already, and those prospects look good. And eventually, some of them will come up and be good on, in, in the major leagues. But you can't. I just feel like you can't trust all of them. You can't just completely go all in on re, pr, trusting prospects just to hope that they turn into Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber. Um, <laughs> like we, we talked about yeah. it yesterday. Like they hit. They're prospects. Oh my God, that was like an unreal run of like first round prospects hitting, right? That doesn't happen that often. So I, I don't know. It's it's a I don't even know if it like to answer your question. I don't know if I, if it sways me either way if I'm Jed Hoyer, because it's just it's just I mean maybe it's just me being in my own head. It's like I I'm so in the middle of like you got to try to find a way to balance the two, and just trading away every major league guy worth any value for prospects is in my opinion is just not the way to go, but. It does seem like that's the way things are, are, are trending. Again, I think that the only way that I could talk myself into thinking moving, you know, our top two chips, which would definitely be Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras, is if you get guys who can play next year. That's that's the only way that I will, you know, at least find a way to talk myself into thinking that the future is bright, but if they trade for 18 year olds, like they did in the Darvish trade and they did in, in the Rizzo trade, uh, and, and the, and the bias trade, then, you know, we're going to be doing this podcast for three years before it comes are good again. Like that's just, that's just what it's going to be. And, you know, in a way, at least we don't have to sit here and ask ourselves, is it a rebuild or not anymore? But at the same time, it's like, this, like I've said before, the, the organization should not be running this way or <laughs> running that way at least. So, yeah, I think, I think there's nothing wrong with adding prospects. Uh, it's just more about you got to have good prospects at every level. I feel like we got a lot of great prospects in Myrtle beach and South Bend right now. You got some decent ones in, 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 in Tennessee as well, but like not nearly as many as you do in South Bend and, and, uh, Myrtle Beach. Beach. So it's just like, 
I don't know. To me, you gotta you gotta get some you gotta get some guys who can, can come up. And the one thing that Contreras has over Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez, uh, at least this year, is he's having a better year than all three of those guys did last year. So, in if you think theoretically the way you think about it, they should get an absolute haul for Wilson Contreras. But if you think about deals at the deadline over the, like the last I don't know five years, it's not like. It's not like you're seeing the Jose Quintana trade anymore. It's not like you're seeing the, you know, the 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 trade, the you know, oldest Chapman trade for Gliber Torres trade anymore. Like you don't see a lot of like just one-sided trade flips or or yeah, prospect flips like that. Like, like that. I, that's why I've sat on the side of like thinking that the U Darvish trade was was good because even though they didn't get guys who could play right away, they got guys who are young uh, or they got guys who were young but are highly touted too. So I just I, – I don't know what the trade market will look like, but I just know that teams aren't operating like they did, you know, five, six, seven years ago as, like at the deadline like they – like today, they're not doing it like they were five, seven, five to seven years ago. So I think that's also something that fans have to like realize because remember at the deadline last year, everyone thought all the moves that the Cubs made for those three guys and Kimbrell were awful. Like at least the social media reaction to it on top of just being sad that all of them were gone. Like a lot of not a lot of people were like not a lot of people had any high hopes for any of these these guys. And we've seen PCA break out this year. We've seen Alcantara break out this year. Killian was playing very well in Iowa before coming up to the Cubs, and he's getting some major league experience. Canario looks like someone who's at least going to have a lot of power in his career. Like, we've we've seen things out of those guys. Uh, so, the, to me, it's there. there is some upside. There's a lot of upside. It's just, again, prospects are prospects. You don't know, but... You know. Yeah, and and Cody, a little bit of what you're you're saying they need, and I agree with you, is you know somebody that's major league ready, and you're hoping for a top prospect. It's a little bit with the way baseball operates. That's a little bit of a magic unicorn. You know, it's like if some team has a true superstar type prospect, a really really good prospect that's at Triple A, and they're competing for a playoff spot or think they're going to go win the world series they most likely promote that guy as their as their move without going and making a move and and unless he's blocked by like multiple players at a position somehow like if he happens to be a third base prospect if he's blocked by somebody like nolan arenado then you probably aren't going to bring him up but they still might bring him up as a bench piece so it's real tricky to find that guy. And, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be surprising if they do get somebody that's ready to go right away next season. Like Cody Hoyer was a guy that was ready to go, was at the major league level. Like you could get somebody that's a piece of their team, but not a big piece of their team mm-hmm. and was a better prospect maybe the year before. But I think what all Cub fans are hoping for will be difficult for the Cubs to get no matter – how good the players that they're trading because teams don't want to part with those players anymore. Just like you said, they yep. value that. They value that cheap player that can turn into a star and play for a small amount of money for a long time, because that's how you build a franchise that wins for a little stretch of time. You know, that's, that's why the Cubs wrote it out with those guys for a while. Cause they weren't costing the big contract yet when they did, they moved on. So yeah, it's not going to be easy. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I want fans to realize that they're, you know, even for Contreras, we might, it might feel underwhelming if, when they, if, if they move him, like I, I am prepared to be uh, not only sad, but also pessimistic about the return as well. Like I'm prepared for it. And then we'll see what we'll see next year if they can play if they can play next year if they're young guys and if, and they start well and wherever they're at like then maybe I'll change my mind but I'm I'm like I said I'm prepared to be underwhelmingly pessimistic about the return for Contreras because he's a catcher mainly and he's a, it, and whoever's getting him is going they're only getting him for the rest of the season that's it unless they want to extend him you know but they're not going to do that until after the year so 
it's just again that just brings me back to why the Cubs should just keep Contreras. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We, you know what? We should probably send uh, Jed Hoyer, Carter Hawkins, the front office, any scouts. We should start sending over uh, Strava to them just so their head is is clear going into the end of the season so we really know what's going on. Strava CBD coffee, that's a game changer. It's helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life, delivering delicious, fresh fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad-spectrum CBD. And CBD from hemp doesn't make you high, doesn't make you hungry, but it offers real benefits that can help you. Jed Hoyer, feel alert and focused without the jitters. Sounds good to me. Live your day more balanced, less anxiety, fewer aches and pains, plus including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you wake up feeling your best, something we want the Cubs front office to do as they get ready to make big decisions. Strava is all about quality, everything small batch, fresh and shipped straight to your door. And CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase using the code CHGO25. That's 25% off the entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use the code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one use per customer. And if you already love Strava like one Cody Del Mendo, go ahead and subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule sounds like a game changer jed look into it we send them a little shipment cody or maybe you just send them just a little taste yeah send a little taste and he'll sleep better at night and uh that you know that could be a a good or a bad spin though if i help him sleep better at night and he makes moves that we don't like then he'll sleep better knowing that um (laughs) you want him having nightmares i i you know if he makes moves that we don't like then yeah i kind of want him to you know feel some pain like feel the same pain I'll be feeling, but <laughs> not that I wish pain on anyone, but you know, <laughs> yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like, I just right. kind of want, just I, a kinda, little. I just want them to know that like, you know, the, the way that things are coming or what the way things are perceived to the out from the outside right now is not great. And they know that, but also like, we're not gonna, we we're, I don't think a lot of us are going to sit here and deal with it either. Like we will, but not a lot of fans will, you know what I mean? Sure. Yep. Uh, oh. All right. Let's let's look Shout ahead to, to the next series because Ryan, you're heading to St. Louis. I am right into the Louis. old Lions den, heading back to Missouri. And well, uh, only two Kyle hours Hendricks, away from the homeland. Yeah, you can't worry about the homeland. Kyle there. Hendricks, four and a third innings last time out, six earned runs, ZRA five point four three now. And I didn't see if the Cardinals beat the Brewers. It looked like the Brewers had come back, but you're 13 or 14 games behind St. Louis at this point. Um, Can we see something out of Kyle Hendricks that gives us some hope that, you know, this isn't, you know, I've heard, I've heard a lot of talk about Kyle Hendricks this season. And I think the one thing that really nailed it for me, I can't remember who made the comment. I apologize, but they were talking about just, you know, He's transitioning into the second half of his career. He's not the same pitcher he was. His pinpoint control was so great that he got away with, you know, not having a super fast fastball or a huge breaking ball or something like that. But everything deteriorates a little bit. And, you know, again, he was always, we always didn't really compare him to Greg Maddox, but he's a similar type pitcher in that way. And Maddox even threw faster, you know, in his prime, but you saw Greg Maddox, this, the back half of his career is, is Kyle Hendricks now a four or five in a rotation instead of a one, two or three. And will we have that answer by the end of the season? If he's still on the Cubs? I, I think, I think, it, I think, like you said, it's trending that way. Just to me, he's what, 32 and 31, 32 now. Like he's, he's never been a guy that was going to blow anything past player past hitters but it was always the command the elite command that he had um that made him a Cy Young caliber pitcher and he just hasn't had that in the last you know year and a half now uh, except for like you know he had, he had that small we talked about it before that small I mean it was a it was a decent chunk of last season probably in like May June ish time when he looked like he could be an all-star caliber starter and the kind of things went really haywire back half of the season 
Um, and this season has been up and down for him. He's had a few good ones. That Padres start. Um, both back Padres in May. starts. Yeah, both Padres starts with that eight and two thirds in San Diego. It, was, mm-hmm. it looked like Kyle Hendricks of old. Um, but he's also had a lot, a few really bad starts. Um, I, I, I do think that we're kind of seeing where Kyle Hendricks isn't the ace of a staff anymore. I think he, I think he could still be a really good pitcher if he if he's able to bring the control consistently and establish the establish the things he wants to establish. Excuse me. Um, that he you know the fastball down, fastball down away, whatever he goes into every game doing because that fastball is good, and when he can control it, when he can when he can locate it, like that's. He, that's why he gets so much weak contact, but uh, that just hasn't been there all year. Um, and so if he can get that and get that consistently, I think he could still be a really productive piece of a rotation. I don't think he's going to be 2016 Cy Young, even 2020, um, you know, guy making a run at an all-star, making a run at Cy Young award. But uh, I do think that Kyle's, there's still a place for Kyle on a, on a winning rotation, uh, even if it is the fourth or fifth spot on the rotation like there. There is a he 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 could still be a, a very serviceable starter, um, like you said, entering the the second half of his career. Yeah, and I heard Steve Stone talking about him, um, and while he admitted he hadn't watched Kyle um, very intently or closely the last couple of years, um, he did make a good point about that. He's always heard that Kyle Hendricks, um, you know, obviously is a very cerebral pitcher as well, um, and he's always been thought of around the league and you know with people that know him they all talk about how he's willing to share that knowledge with younger pitchers like uh, he actually seeks them out you know sort of like John Lester is doing even in retirement now helping out Justin Steele but they're I'm not saying in a Jason Hayward role I think he still has value on the team and I do think that he can help the Keegan Thompson's the Justin Steele's the young pitchers coming up I think he he wants to help those guys, and I think he would help those players coming up. So, um, again, that's another player that you'll you. I don't know if you're going to get. I don't know if a trade there at the trade deadline is going to be worth it for the Cubs. Like, I don't know if his value right now to another team, although there will be some because he's had postseason success, yeah. and he give you give a, a team some depth. I just don't know if the return would be enough that I would want to give up the value he could give you at the back end of a rotation with his experience moving forward. Yeah. So I'd like to see him have a good game against the Cardinals. Well, hey, lucky for you, Stucky, uh, and Jack said it in the – Jack R. said it in the chat earlier. He's been pretty good in St. Louis in his mm-hmm. career. Uh, he almost threw a no-hitter there once. He also threw a Maddox against them at Wrigley once. Mm-hmm. That was cool. They, he's had some great moments against the Cardinals, but this Cardinals team's really good. Uh, I won't hold my breath with this defense that's behind him and him being a pitch-to-contact guy. Um, I'm not – I'm not. I, honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm glad that me and Stucky don't have to do tomorrow's game. <laughs> Congratulations, Corey and Brendan. Thank you. Hey, Ryan, I'm right. sorry that you have to go to oh, that yeah. shitty, boring city it's where literally hot. the only thing there that is to do in that city is to go to Ballpark Village and drink Bush Lights, and that's really about it. That's literally the only thing fun to do in that city. It's so have fun hot. with that Brutal. when you're not at the ballpark. <laughs> I'm going to have to pack light. I'm going to have to wash my shorts and make sure I'm not – Make sure I'm like trying to stay cool down there, but shorts or jorts. Oh. If you want to fit in, it's jorts. Well, you will fit in if you get some jorts. I don't. I don't want to fit in in St. Louis. I don't, I don't need to fit in there. I, I lived. I lived <coughs> less than two hours from there for five years of my life. I don't need to fit in there. I I, I too I lived mean, less than two hours from there, there when I was in college, so I know what you mean. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was actually gonna say before we hop off. Yeah, I didn't realize how good my who you got pig was today. Do you realize uh, Horner's all five of the balls he put in play were hard hit balls? Only one had less than 300 expected batting average. Like, just in general, he's hitting the ball crazy. Like, 88.2 miles per hour coming in uh, on the season, like average exit velocity. Uh, That was coming in. That's by far the highest of his career. And then five more hard hit balls today. Like, he's, even if, like, we we said it before with him, even if the the box score results aren't there, he's doing some damage to the ball, more damage than he usually does. Um, maybe he's just kind of getting unlucky, but he's, he's he's having himself a really good. I mean, he's still hitting two eighty something. He's having yeah. himself a really yeah. good season. He had so. a good game, and I I know I I ragged on him earlier because I thought that that almost homer he had should have been a triple, but yeah, yeah he still hit it hard. He, and I and again, he should be he's 
he, he's one reason why there should not be a three to four year rebuild. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a handful more of reasons, but like, he's one of them. Like they, they got, they found whether it's their shortstop of next year or their second baseman of next year, he's, he's going to be one of them. Yeah. So. And he, he, he did have an air Ryan, but we won't hold that against you because he's been so good defensively, you know, In 99% general. of the he's, season. He's been, he's really been the exact there. opposite of Jonathan VR. The exact opposite. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's hitting the ball. Like he, he's, he's really been a, I'd say Happ and Horner have been really, really pleasant surprises this season. Right. He, he probably yeah. had some questions about both guys and I yeah. think both have, have delivered. Uh, the Cubs did not, however, eight to seven in 10 innings. They lose again, 18 games under the 500 mark. Ryan, safe travels to St. Louis. I'll be looking for your reports. Uh, AllCHGO.com. Make yes, sure you get a membership. Sign up so you can get all of Ryan's uh, uh, content from St. Louis. See it there. Follow him on Twitter. Um, and we will see you uh, again. The game is on Apple TV, too. And then you have yeah, an, 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 another Corey pro and for me and the, Yeah. Corey and Brennan <laughs> will have the recap for you. Uh, here on CHGO. Cubs lose 8-7 to seven in 10 innings. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs post-game show podcast presented by PointsBet. Uh, have a great start to the, work, we, the weekend, I guess, on Friday. Cody and I will start it early. Tour.